Bibles, please, to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter uh, number 10 this morning. Let's all stand together, would you? We're going to start, we're going to read verse 13 through 16 this morning. Gospel of Mark chapter 10, beginning verse 13. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. And when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me. And forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Father, as we gather together today, Lord, what a joy it was to see so many children, Lord, singing unto you serving up here in worship time and in the choir. And Lord, I know that there were many at the doors greeting throughout the day. And just an opportunity for them to serve in their local church. Thank you for all the parents. Thank you for the grandparents, aunts and uncles, friends, neighbors, everyone who brings them to church and has a heart for these children. Lord, we, we, we thank you so much for their desire. And uh, we pray today, as we get now in the preaching of your word, help me, Lord, to deliver truth. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You glad you saved this morning? Good. Amen for that. Amen for that. Uh, I remember years ago, years ago, uh, when, I was, uh, when I was first uh, really started living my life for the Lord, 19 years of age and growing and uh, my pastor would give me a book, and he'd tell me to read this book, and and uh, just began to. He, he could see the Lord doing some things in my life, and he was uh, encouraging me to grow in my faith, and and uh, and so he would just all the time. He'd give me a book, I'd give it back to him, he'd give me another book, and uh, I, I remember reading one particular book about the life of D.L. Moody, and uh, there's one particular. Uh, scene there where he was talking about uh, this meeting this young kid in this church where he was preaching. Uh, Moody was a traveling evangelist, preached all over places. He met this young boy and uh, he learned that this young boy had, had really walked a long ways through town to get to that particular church. And so he asked him, he says, why, why do you come all this way, past all of these other churches, to come every Sunday to this church. And that little boy, without hesitation, just made it very clear. He says, because preacher, those people know how to love a little boy. And he says, they love me, so I know that they love me, and because of that, I just, I don't want to go anywhere else except for that church right there. And uh, that spoke to me as a young Christian, and I did what most young preachers, you know, do when I was led to the Lord and, and started uh, uh, in ministry, 
And uh, they gave me a small children's Sunday school class to start investing in. Before you know it, I was running a bus route. And then I was doing a children's ministry. And I could see the great value of working with children and uh, the opportunity to invest in them. I was reading a Gallup poll today where 19 out of 20 people who had gotten saved were children. That's 95% of people who've been saved were saved uh, below uh, the age of 18 years of age. And uh, it's just a great opportunity. What happens when we get older? We get prideful, don't we? We get prideful. We look at ourselves and we don't want to humble ourselves. We don't want, to, uh, we, we don't want to, uh, anyone to uh, think less of us. And so as a result, a lot of times we, uh, we're worried too much about what people think. Children don't really care that much about what people think. They just, they have a childlike faith and uh, want to grow in the Lord and we can all learn something from that. And that is really what we're talking about here in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 and, uh, and Matthew and uh, here in Mark, Jesus has been having some very serious discussions about marriage and divorce. Uh, and, and he's teaching on that subject. He's teaching publicly and then the disciples ask him some questions and he's dealing with them. And all of a sudden, here comes here comes these people coming toward Jesus, and uh, they, they have children with them. And uh, they, in their mind, they just want to bring these children to Jesus Christ and, and, and see them. And there are just a couple of things, I'm not going to be long this morning, uh, but there are a few things that I want to highlight here that, that the children learn from this opportunity and experience. And the first is this. The first is that they learn what true love is. And they find it in two locations. It should be three, but they find it in two. And the first is they find what true love is from those who bring them. All right? Now, you can look in Matthew 19. You can look in Luke chapter 18. And, of course, here in Mark chapter 10, there's corresponding text. And what you will not find in all three of those passages of Scripture is you do not find who it is that is bringing the children. It does not say that they're bringing their children. It just says they're bringing the children. And so when I read that, I think it could be mom and dad. It could be grandma and grandpa. It could be aunts and uncles. It could be neighbors, couldn't it? Couldn't it be teenagers? It could be teenagers. So before, before you cut me off this morning and say, well, this passage isn't for me, this passage is for everyone. Because everyone has the opportunity to invest in someone. And why not, why not it be children? Okay? So that goes for everybody. And so it says that they bring these children to Jesus. And their desire is for Jesus to lay his hands on them. They're wanting a blessing from this unusual individual who they recognize is someone that is unique. 
Whether they recognize him as the Savior, whether they recognize him as the Messiah, I don't really know at this point. But I know this, they know that there is something powerful about Jesus. And so they want to bring their children, they want to bring the children and, uh, and to Jesus and that he might put his hands on them. Listen, I want you to think about this. We bring our children to a lot of places, right? We are faithful every, for nine months out of the year at least. Maybe it's approaching 10 months now, I don't know. But about 7 o'clock in the morning, we make sure our children are out of bed and getting ready to go to school. By 8 o'clock, they're sitting in a classroom, and they're in a classroom till about 2.30, sometimes 3 o'clock. And we make sure, we make it a priority that they receive an education, don't we? That is a priority to us. We, want our, we do not want our children to fall behind. And, and we understand all children are different. Some, some education comes very easy, some it is very difficult. They have to work harder at it. Some, you even have to get a tutor. You have to spend extra time with them. Some don't even study and they're making straight A's. It's a, you know, a lot of that looks like the Christian life as well. Some of us struggle a little bit more than others. We under, our Bible understands a little bit different. Our faith is a little bit different. We're all in different places. But we make their education a priority. And so I, 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 they are going to be there. Nine, ten months out of the year, six, seven, eight hours a day, because we don't want them to fall behind. When it comes to athletics, that is important. That is important to, or some other thing. It may not be athletics. Maybe it's maybe it's dancing. Maybe it's some kind of hobby. You know, some extracurricular activity. And we want, we want to see them do well. And so we take them to practice. And they're there for several hours, sometimes a few times a week. Sometimes it's every day of the week. And we want them to do well. And we want them to excel and to see them improve and, and grow. And we want to cheer them on. And we want to make social media posts about it, don't we? Because it excites us when they do very well. And that's all okay. That's a priority to us. The highest priority that we should all have is to be sure that our children are getting to Jesus. That should be the highest priority. It should not be a casual thing. It should be the most important thing. We don't want them to fall behind in their faith. We don't want them to fall behind in their understanding of who God is. We don't want... They're, they're, they're bombarded everywhere a lot of times we sit them in front of devices and they're watching little cartoons of some sort or YouTube of some kind and you don't even realize it but if you pay attention sometimes there is influences penetrating there whether it's through commercials or 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 subconsciously it's being put in there and we don't really pay attention to that this is the most important thing for all children is to be able to live with the hand of God upon their life. Can we all agree with that? If you really, really, really love your kids, show them the love of God. God is love. We love him because he first loved us. We don't really understand what love is if, without knowing who God is. 
And our children need to experience that. And that is so vital in their life. So that should be a key priority. Jesus is busy. Jesus is teaching on the subject of marriage and divorce. That's a heavy subject. But he sees those children coming, and it doesn't phase Jesus one bit. Let them come. It's that important. There's nothing in, that Jesus is teaching us here, that there is nothing so heavy in life. There's nothing so challenging that we should not take the time to invest in our children spiritually. Well, then you see in verse 16 that they understand what true love is because Jesus, they're, they're asking, they're bringing Jesus to them and say, would you just put your hand on them? Well, Jesus takes them and he puts his arms around them. Look in verse 17. Jesus goes further, verse 16. And he took them up in his arms and he put his hands upon them and he blessed them. I mean, he gathered them together. It was more than just a hand on a head. It was a hug. He wanted them, I imagine there was one or two sitting on his knees, you know, and they were all gathered together listening to Jesus. When you come to church, I'm no Jesus, right? Pastor Gill is no Jesus, the Sunday school teacher. We're not, none of us claim to be Jesus Christ, but we do want to give them Jesus' words, right? We want them to learn Jesus' words, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, David said in Psalm 119, verse 11. So we, we want them. And understand this, when they, when they get to know who Jesus is, and never underestimate the fact, they always understand it better than you think they do. They probably understand it better than we do. Don't ever underestimate that. You know, I, I remember many times... Uh, my first church, we did not have children's church, my first pastorate. And uh, so the kids were often in the nursery. If they was four years old, three or four years old, I mean, they were sitting in church. And they were on their knees, riding on something, sitting toward the back. Christy sat toward the back so they wouldn't distract everybody else. Christy had a busy few years, I'm telling you, as a parent. But always... I worked a full-time job, came home, studied, visited, those things, spent time with the family. My wife was a full-time mother with four children that are three years apart, total. It was a busy, busy time. She was, I'm thankful for a faithful wife. She never made an excuse, never made an excuse. Those kids will sit back there, and you think, oh, those kids aren't listening. And I would say something, and I remember this, and I'm going to pick on Garrett because Garrett's about to graduate high school and become a young man. I, I remember preaching, and that little head would turn around and pop up over that pew. And he just, lit, I said something that got his attention. And he would just sit there on his knees, that little head above that pew. I can see it as clear as anything today. Listen, put them in a place where they can experience who Jesus is. Everybody should say amen, right? Maybe you know children. Maybe you know children whose parents aren't in church, and maybe their parents aren't interested in that thing. Uh, 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 listen, love them. Care for them. Be, be an example of who Jesus is in their life. Invest in them. Invest in them. I, I'm, I've been talking to the boys quite a bit lately. Invest in smaller children. Go, go to their football games. Go to their games. Invest in younger people because they look up to you. They see you as, 
They, they see you as a man already, and they're watching you, and they want to emulate you. They want to be who you are. When y'all are playing ball games, they, wanna, they see you and they think, man, I wish I could throw as hard as Tide or run as fast as Tide. I, I wish I was as big as Will. I, I wish all of these things. They look at you and you can be an incredible example of who Jesus is by loving them and spending time with them. Now the disciples, the followers of Jesus, they should have showed love. But they were at a moment where, wait a minute, we're still in this marriage divorce thing. And when they, when they bring those children, whoa, 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 we don't have time right now. That should not be the church. Amen? Jesus is teaching that here. He's teaching that. They're learning. We all have to learn. We all make mistakes. They're learning. There were times, you know, there were many times the apostles, they, they made that mistake. You know, send Jesus, there's 5,000 men, not counting women and children. Please send them away. We're tired. Jesus says, no, I want us to feed them. Let us take care of them. Let us, Jesus looks in that crowd. He says, the Bible says he has compassion on them. He sees a need. And Jesus says, no, we're not sending them away. If we send them away, they're going to wear out. They may not come back. We're going to love on them. Right? Remember, remember in Matthew 4. Remember when the leper came to Jesus and they were all like, whoa, get him away, away from us. And Jesus walked right over to him. And that leper said, Lord, I believe if thou canst, I believe you can heal me if you're willing. And Jesus put his hand on him and said, I'm willing, be healed. Man, don't Jesus teach us something there? Well, that's a leper, right? That's, that's how we face some people. Whoa, no. Jesus just went over there and showed compassion and loved. You could talk about the woman at the well. You could talk about the woman caught in adultery. Lots of times we're very quick to dismiss people. Lots of times with children. All that children don't know how to behave. He don't know how to sit still. He doesn't know how to be quiet. Listen, listen, listen. I'm, who wants to be a part of church where there's no little children making a noise? Amen. Who wants to be a part of that? Let the children make noise. They got to learn somewhere, don't they? And if, if, we don't, if we're not gracious to let them learn, or if we're not gracious with mom and dad who are trying to teach them, you know what mom and dad's going to do? Mom and dad's just going to stay home and say, I don't need this. I'll watch preaching on TV. And it's, we can all say it's not the same. Right? So when people bring... When people care enough to bring children to Jesus, they learn what love really looks like. Well, then, watch this. They also learn what compassion is. Verse 14. He says, but when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. When Je not, not the children, but when Jesus saw the disciples in verse 13 rebuking those that brought them, Jesus was not pleased. And he said unto them, Suffer, let the little children come unto me, and forbid them not. Others were saying, get away. Not right now, not the right time. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. Any time is a good time for someone to come to me. Amen. Let them come. 
It's always a good time. Listen, do you understand what children go through every day? Do you understand what they go through at school? I, I don't care how good the school is or what school system it is, if it's a public school or a Christian school, so many children do with some form of bullying. They deal with some form of ugly remarks. They deal with some form of, I don't measure up. This kid has got the latest Jordans. I've never owned a pair of Jordans in my life. That, that one's got a new, the newest shoe, the newest look. Well, they're able to have that. This kid right here, they're not able to have that. He feels, he, in his own mind, he feels less than others. And sometimes people say things that are very ugly and hateful. And some children in their own homes do not feel accepted and cared for. A lot of them, they, Miss Didi and other teachers can testify to this. They go to school and they feel more acceptance and loved at school than they do at home. The church should always be the most compassionate place anybody can go to. Amen. It's not what you look like. It, 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 you might be a little bit different than others. You might, you, you might not dress like some others dress. That does not matter to me. What matters to me is that you know that you're loved and appreciated and cared for. And we are here to lead you and bring and help every child come to Jesus Christ. They learn acceptance. They learn compassion. They learn what it is. We as adults ought to be exemplifying what it is in the way that we treat other adults, other people. They ought to see that. They ought to see us show compassion toward others and exemplify that. Then you see this. They see what faith really is in verse 14. At the, end of, at the end of verse 14, Jesus says, He says, For of such is the kingdom of God. Suffer the little children to come to me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Say, so what is faith? It's accepting it as a child. Not overcomplicating everything. They, they, don't, they don't want a doctrinal a doctoral dissertation of how God created the heaven and the earth. They just want to know, did God create the heaven and the earth? And the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the child says, okay. That's good enough for me. This is God's word. Do you believe it's God's word? Say amen. It's God's word. All right? That's enough. That ought to be enough. Everybody today, they're trying to tear up God's word. They're trying to rewrite it and they're trying to redo it all. They're doing everything they can. Is this God's word? It's God's word. And what does it say? How how does a person get saved? Well, they realize they're a sinner, right? Well, yeah, I'm a sinner. You don't really have to convince a child if they're a sinner. You don't have to do much of that. If If you need to, just start with one commandment. Have you ever told a lie? 
That's a sin. Okay, I'm a sinner. Right? You don't have to go through it. You don't have to explain what adultery is. You don't have to go through all that. Just start with a simple one. Well, yeah, you're a sinner. You tell them about Jesus Christ. You know, you know this, when I came to Christ, my faith in Jesus Christ, I realized, you know, I knew I was a sinner. Um, I knew that Jesus died on the cross. I didn't know why Jesus died on the cross, uh, but I knew he did. I knew that I was a sinner. I often joke, my daddy often let my rear end, remind me of my rear end that I was a sinner, right? And I know he's probably watching. Um, I knew I was a sinner. It was just one day I connected the fact that sin separated me from God. And that, that's when I got really concerned. Well, if I'm separated from God, what does that mean? It all connected. I'd been going to church at that time in our life. I'd always going to church. And I was putting all this together, and suddenly it connected. And my mom said, well, that's why Jesus died on the cross. Oh, well, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I didn't know he died for me on the cross. It hit. Do you realize, do you realize this, Mr. Barlock? What, what led me to Christ was all of the Sunday school lessons ahead of it. All of the times that I had gone to church and heard the Bible. All the times when my parents couldn't come and they called somebody who was coming our direction and they would stop and pick me up on a Wednesday night and carry me to church. All of those people... All of those people were a part in bringing me to Jesus. Every service, every service, someone was bringing me to Jesus. And he would just love on me and accept me for who I was. And one day, one day it all clicked with me just how much God loved me. Right? That's what it is. That's what it is. It's just a child, they just, they accept it. For of such is the kingdom of God. And that's really, lastly, as a result, they teach us what faith is. Don't they? Because maybe you were saved as a child. I got saved and I knew I was saved. I didn't know anything else. But Cecil Bear, if you came to me when I was a 16-year-old sinner, and you asked me, was I saved? I said, I know I'm saved. Am I living right? I'm not living right but I do believe what Jesus Christ did for me. And the day came, and I, I believe this with all my heart, and listen to me, everyone. I believe this with all my heart. Because of what was poured into me in my early years, my memory of four, five, six, and seven, when I was 19 and looking I knew where to go back to. I remember very distinctly my dad reading the Bible to me at bedtime. I remember all of my childhood, my mother coming in every night, writing Jesus on my forehead and praying for me. I remember her praying for my brother to be saved before it's too late. And I remember asking her, what do you mean before it's too late? I remember when my brother got saved. All of that is there. I mean, did I want my mother to come in and pray for me as any young boy? No, I did not. Ah, oh, mom. Mom. 
And you get to a point as a teenager, and a lot of times we see this, we have lots and lots of children in children's church, and then you get to youth group and you start losing some because they're at another stage in life. And some of them don't always stay. And sometimes parents are very, very interested. They're all in for their little children, and they get to be teenagers, and life really starts getting busy. And we slack up a little bit. I'm going to tell you, that's when our children need to really grow in their faith. They need examples because now they are learning what sin, they're learning what sin produces. And they're being heavily influenced to do so. Don't undervalue these teenage years. Keep taking them to Jesus. And let us learn. God is able, isn't he? God is able. God is able. When the, when the boys were young, we were involved in every aspect of their life. No, you can't do this. Yes, you can do this. Every aspect. Yes and no. That was us. Now we're at a place in our life where... They're making decisions that I don't even know about. They're, they're having to make their own decisions about a lot of things. And we're not always there. They have cars and they're going elsewhere. And the influence is there. But whether or not it really sticks, that's going to be on them. Are you with me? So what do you do? got to believe God is able. God, you took a teenage sinner like me and changed my life. And I believe the same Holy Spirit that drew me back to you is the same Holy Spirit that lives in my kids. And I believe you can take care of that. I'll do my part. Christy and I are going to lead. We're going to direct. We're going to have many, many conversations. But i got to trust you. I have to trust you to be the Holy Spirit, not me. Can I get amen? Find a child to invest in. If you don't have children of your own, find a child that you can pour into and invest in and just lead them to the feet of Jesus. He can be snot-nosed and dirty. Let him come. Amen? Let them come. Let's bow our heads, would you? Let's let's take some time. Let's take some time.